with the NFL Combine officially wrapped up, spring practice starts next week. SEC football never stops. We have a lot to get caught up on as far as coaches and players. As always, I'm Cheeto, and with me is Keegan. And welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. I'm, I'm telling you, we, we call it an off season, but seriously, it's just there's so much going on. I know the stories have kind of trickled in since we did our last podcast, but now we have a good bit of um, material to go off on um, as far as coaching, coaches doing their interviews and kind of establishing what our coaching staff is going to look like, the NFL combine, and then looking forward to the new roster, what this UGA team going into the 2023 season is going to look like. Keegan, where are you at? What have you What have you been most excited to talk about as far as uh, Dog Nation is concerned? Well, there's been a lot going on, like you said, and there's a lot of, you know, slow trickle is how I describe it, of just news stories coming in, you know, slowly but surely. Like an IV, bro. Yeah, exactly. So I think that you know, the biggest news really we can start off with is the fact that, you know, uh, you know, I think we touched on it before with the Mike Bobo episode, uh, episode but like Todd Munkin has found a new home officially, mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, don't know if Lamar Jackson will be there or not. Huge, huge. Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast, like saying that he might not jump because of it. He did the jump and now that's kind of up in the air, but, you know, good for him. Yeah, so we'll see. It sounds like... uh it's an interesting situation when you don't have an agent to represent. Yes. So, and then Ooh. when the Ravens want to pay you like Mitch Trubisky money or whatever. You, you know, kidding me? A former MVP who's in the prime of his career. Like I get it. It's tricky, but it's not mid tier money though. It's come on, yeah. If you don't got it, just say it. You know what I mean? And like, quick caveat on that, because what I'm hearing that they've done, they've put a tag on him, but it's the type of tag to where, any other team that comes and makes the big offer, the Ravens can either be like, no, that's too much. We're not going to pay it. Take him. Or they can just match and make a team have to put all their cards on the table and then just snatch him back. So from a, from a GM perspective for the Ravens, that's an OG move. It's not really good with optics because of what Lamar Jackson has done so far in his career, but he hasn't been completely healthy. And then you have the crowd that kind of like, well, he's not a great pocket passer. So I understand both sides, but, Ugh, man, an agent would sure come in handy right now. Man, that's tough. That's tough. For sure. And I know Todd Munkin is hoping they figure it out, whoever is quarterback, so he can start uh, scheming. But I'm sure he's already looking at the rest of the roster and figuring out ways to give a million touches to a million bodies. But, yeah, so that's big news. And then I guess the other thing was that, you know, potentially Glenn Schumann was looking at jumping ship or, you know, some people – we're interested in him, rightly so, and it looks like you know Glenn Schumann has decided to stay. So what, we I remember the interviews that were going on. I remember there were some NFL teams, but I honestly forget. So we got lucky because with Glenn Schumann, he he is he's been the rising star for years, but Kirby and the UGA a program has managed to keep him on staff, and it, again, matter of time. But after the Eagles lost Super Bowl, the Eagles lost both their offensive and defensive coordinator. I believe the offensive coordinator is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and the defensive coordinator. Uh, 
Cannon, Gannon, he is now the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. So they were in scramble mode looking for having to replace coordinators like that is tough. So they brought in Schumann, um, but ultimately Schumann comes back and that really gives UJ a boost. And the if you want to start talking about the three-peat title defending stuff, Schumann is a huge part of that. Muschamp is completely capable, but Schumann has been an integral part of the, the blitz scheme, the linebackers, teaching these guys. I mean, he's pumped out how many NFL linebackers at this point, and he just got a whole crop of guys that are going to be um, all SEC, all Americans. They're freshmen now. Like, we'll, you know the names. We'll, we'll talk about them later. But huge pickup for the dogs to retain Glenn Schumann, no doubt. Yeah, I like, I like that. And, yeah, just also just think of youthful energy and just rising stars, kind of like you said. And anytime you can promote with within and it's – warranted because you don't want your good staff being poached. I think Glenn Schumann is just one of those dudes that he's got head coach probably going to be written next to his name somewhere in the future. I'm just like, you know, uh, Brian McClendon or some of these other younger coaches that will probably work their way up. But it, it seems like the great coaching staffs with the great teams have a, a good mixture of generations. You know, it's like they got the, the young, bright minds that played a lot of Madden. They got, you know, some wiser, more experienced seasoned, seasoned coaches in the mix. And just, I think that's just healthy for a good mix of ideas. And that's a, at least one of the reasons that Georgia has done so well. I think why we've been able to hold on to some of the consistency, because maybe a lot of it is Kirby and Kirby teaches these guys and gives them the autonomy to, you know, control the room. May, but it just, it seems like you're saying a collection of minds. And I think the fact that you can lose one doesn't make the whole thing fall apart. So um, got to give Kirby some credit somewhere. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think he's done a good job and it's a mix of that culture and kind of whatever implementation he's got going top down and just, yeah, just a, great, a lot of good dudes. But I mean, it is cheesy, but Georgia does seem to have, you know, like we had touched on, just a lot of guys that are buddies, a lot of guys really with close ties to the alumni, whether or not they really like each other or not, which they seem to, which is great. Um, but, you know, people that really want to do their best for the university that have come back and are, you know, moving up in their careers along with the growth of the program too. So it's cool to see that. And, you know, I think that what we got to look forward to in the future is probably a, a continuation of that to keep the consistency going. I think you do really, really well when you have a successful program that everyone's trying to recruit your staff and you can have guys like want to come back because the culture is so strong. So yes, because they're I enjoying. Think, yes. I think it's, it's, it's not that you would do that just to be strategic because I think on in a daily form, it's just more enjoyable for the players and the coaches to all like want to be there. But in the practicality of retention, I think it speaks great lengths of what may be in the future for Georgia and just that continuity. Whereas, you know, many people, many players have said, yeah, like Alabama had it all. For example, we always bring up Alabama, but, you know, Alabama had it all, but, it, you know, it felt like a business. It was a machine. It was, it was, uh, you know, it was more of a production, which, you know, is part of why they're so good. But if you don't have that homey feeling that, you know, you don't have loyalty necessarily for sure and in Alabama, you know, whether it's because of that or not, that we've seen a lot of attrition year to years where they're losing a lot of their staff coordinators too. So 
it's hard to maintain excellence. It's hard to maintain a high level, but Georgia's got some really good things going for it this season. An amazing, interesting QB battle. But what are some things that you're kind of that have been on your mind and and just in general in UGA news? How did you feel about the overall showing with the NFL draft and the combine that we uh, just kind of got off the heels of? I, I honestly, this is this is the part of the podcast that I really wanted to dig in because. What the NFL Combine has turned into the past couple of years has been a University of Georgia showcase. That that's what it's been. And you know, speaking of you know Munkin and Schumann, we get them back, but we are going to lose some talent that have really helped put UGA where UGA is today. And to see these guys come from being such a significant part of our program to having that one or two months after the season, and to really to really get ready for the NFL combine what and what Nolan Smith said, how he literally went on air and said, go to the university of Georgia because you're going to, you're going to get to win. You're going to love the the brotherhood, the camaraderie. They're going to put you in the best position to make it to the NFL. And when you see these guys come and put out these numbers on the 40 yard dash on the, the uh, broad jump, the vertical, the, the drills, the cone drill, all the things that, I mean, we are putting on a clinic and I wanted to start and I, I love, I would love to hear your favorite. I don't know how much of it you watched. I peeked in every now and then to check on the UGA guys, but Nolan Smith, uh, speaking of what he said, I mean, just ridiculous numbers for um, outside linebacker DN a 4.3940. That is absolutely blistering that is faster than a lot of number one wide receivers in the nfl today i mean and he's coming off an injury he's coming off of injury the 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 strength and uh conditioning staff at uga huge endorsement for them um putting up these numbers and a couple other guys i think raised their stock darnell washington put on a show proved that just because he's behind brock bowers doesn't mean he can't do anything but block big body literally the size of lebron james 6'6 264 run of runs a four Point six four can catch has an had an amazing one handed catch to end his day stock up Stetson Bennett I, I you you hear the arguments about well Bryce Young this Bryce Young that Stetson's a little bit taller bigger hands and the deep balls that he threw were the same deep balls that he pepper teams with all season long especially in our playoff run Stetson has proved that he deserves an opportunity in the NFL and I for one will be the first to get on this podcast and personally apologize to Stetson and say that I was wrong because I thought the difference between UJ winning a championship or not because we had the defense was going to be an NFL style quarterback a JT Daniels JT Daniels is nowhere to be found and Stetson is while he's had his little hiccups he has been showing every week since the national champion that he deserves a shot in the NFL. Well, I think that development just gets swept under the rug. Like we all know it's important. No one says it's not, but at the end of the day, like you can, you can count, just think of, okay, for example, like NBA players, like so many of them for various reasons really had like some, a few peak years where at their, whatever season it was, we were thinking, okay, like if you could have just asked, Hey, who's going to be in the goat conversation 10 years from now, you would have, you would have had, tons of guys on your list just based on those early 2000 seasons. But for whatever reason, you know, there's, there's just more factors at play than that. And as far as Georgia and what we're doing development development. Yeah. So as far as with Stetson, I think that Stetson has completely shown that he's just get he's improves. He gets better and better and better. So I don't think, I don't think you're wrong for your assessment, but you just didn't have any idea. And neither could I really, 
and I was leaning towards Sesson, but that's not saying I could have predicted what he's done. That's not that's not the same. He has improved way beyond what I would have thought, and I was Mr. Optimistic about it. So, you know, he just has improved and improved and improved. You know, Michael Jordan famously gets cut from whatever team or whatever, and supposedly, anyway, it was like oh, only seniors made the team anyway, so he's probably just like making it's that. It's the lore. It's the lore to the story. Yeah. yeah, whatever. But, like, the thing is, is, like, obviously he, he wasn't always just – he was just going to be, like, a really good college pro- sure. prospect. Sure. You know? So plenty of people. Uh, you know, you look at Geno Smith. Like, he now he's got a big NFL contract. Yeah. He didn't really do so hot. And then I won't I won't go this route, but lots of names have been high up in lore and stars and MVP awards, whatever it may be. And, and, then, they, yeah. and then they fell from grace. They never really had their moment or whatever. It's it's just it's an ongoing thing. And with Stetson, he's gotten better and better and better. And the biggest thing for me talking about Stetson is that all week we heard about, you know, some of these other big quarterbacks that you know, maybe didn't have the best college career, but they were really going to win, you know, their the draft combine. They were going to show out, and a lot of them did. And one of those that we Nick heard Saban. about all week, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, one of those that we heard about all week was how Will Levis, you know, he, he didn't have the best career, but he's got the strongest arm in the draft. He, he just does. Well, he's, he's through stronger, uh, you know, faster, that is, at 59 miles per hour than, like, Justin Herbert, uh, I don't know, just a who's who of like people in the last. And Stetson like, was tied with him too. I love how they leave Stetson off the graphic, but Stetson was tied with Will Levis for the arm speed, and exactly. then I'll let you go there. But like you know, Anthony Richardson as well. Nick Saban, you know, went on and said, "We all know that six four, two hundred twenty, two hundred twenty five pound quarterback who has all the physical tools, and AR definitely does." He like he, I think he was saying I I, I run over people, I jump over people, and I throw over people too. It's like, yeah, you have the physical attributes, but I think in the NFL it's also more about the system that you're put in. Like if you yeah. want a pocket passer, like you're not gonna go draft Anthony Richardson. Now let's say the Ravens get rid of Lamar Jackson, and they have a high pick, and they want to draft an Anthony Richardson. Boom, that you see you see that has the potential if they want to keep what they've been doing, quarterback run. Like that's where he could thrive. But the same knock is going to be like we we know as Georgia fans this guy can't pass consistently to win a game. He he can hit some bombs, but like as far as reading coverages and dicing up a defense, he's not that yet. Could he develop into that? Sure. Yeah. But you'd like to see a little bit more development. A lot of Florida fans thought he should stay one more year, get that development, and then go. But you know, money money talks. Yeah, money talks. But I mean, I think a lot of times. Hey, if he's willing to get to work and do what it takes, the money uh, will come. Yeah, you're right, though. It's great. But the thing is, is when you're a top five draft pick or Max. whatever he's projected, you know, there's a lot more pressure and it ruins guys. It ruins it really guys. Does. It ruins guys in college, man. It, like you come out of high school, those five stars, and you're not quite ready. Then, I mean, you know, it could, it could set your whole career off or whatever. For sure. And then on, sure. the, on the other hand, there's plenty of dudes that come in with less quote unquote credibility. And then, you know, they just work their way up, whatever they got to do, and they get it done. So it's it's just really I, – I just think that we kind of like – well, not just us, but just football media and just like fans in general. We put a lot of stock into a lot of these things. But, yeah, I love that Stetson had the numbers to show, had the great accuracy, and like you said, 59 mile per hour, tying the highest mark in the in the draft combine with Will Levis, who was, you know, supposedly had the strongest arm mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. So, you know, stock up for Stetson Bennett. Another person who did really well is Robert Beal. Just seeing his workout stats, 
you know, he was just basically right behind Nolan and everything. And, and he would, he, you know, and basically he was in the top four of, of any edge, you know, any edge metric for the uh, other edge rushers. So yeah, he had a really strong showing. Broderick Jones had a strong showing. Darnell Washington, like you mentioned, had that amazing one-handed grab. So Georgia just overall came out huge with the, with the draft uh, as far as the combine. We'll see where the actual draft goes. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's not going to be like the year before where we had like the crazy, not. crazy number. But honestly, I think if, if we're talking, let's say realistically, realistically, who, who may go first rounders or who you consider first rounders. Obviously, Nolan, I think, is a need and a freak athlete. I got Keely Ringo for sure going. Darnell Washington. Um, Broderick Jones has a, a very good chance. And then just to, depending on how – and I we we need to talk about this um, as far as Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is a first rounder. He's a top – he – out non-quarterback he's the best him and will anderson are the best players in the draft that you're not going to change my mind i don't know how many gms are going to frown upon um some of the recent events i don't know how many gms are going to be like what arrest because <laughs> i mean that's how talented this guy is so we'll see but i'm looking at about five first rounders with kenny mcintosh uh, being a fringe guy robert bill being a fringe guy and then mel kuyper who i don't really care about what mel kuyper says but he's saying stetson's going to be maybe like mid third day fourth day but definitely i think has an opportunity to get drafted um how, how do you feel about that you feel like this is about spot on four or five yeah, first I rounders like, i feel like that's pretty good but i mean like dude there's there's probably six or seven dudes that i would i'm a homer but i i believe there's probably six or seven guys that like should be in the first round what true but it's also about need you, you also gotta understand that draft is about need the first number one guy is not always going to be the most talented like do you need a quarterback do you oh. need o-line d-line it's about need okay. as well and I and I I totally hear that, but and and I'll preface by saying yes, I'm being a homer. But at the same time, like if I was a, a GM in the NFL at this point, in this Kirby Smart era, I would start being a little bit more bullish on Georgia. <laughs> I don't care. Yes, I'm Who telling you, you, where you got them. I you don't care. To, yeah, you need to be a little bit. I think it'd be in your best interest to be a little bit biased because what happens is there's so many good players at Georgia that, you know, the media, uh, media doesn't regardless. You, your, your team could be garbage and they're, they're going to pick the one or two, the one or two guys at NFL. Guy. Yeah. They're going to pick their guys to talk about. That's what they do anyway. Now with Georgia, it's a whole nother thing because if you're a scout, it's, it's probably easy to not. Okay. Like you're seeing all these guys rotate. You don't, you know, Robert Beal really could have, I mean, from what he's done production-wise, I think we don't even give him enough credit. And from what he did at the combine, I don't think we even understood how like raw talented he was. Quay Walker. Quay Walker we, really didn't get a whole lot of shine because he was buried in the depth chart. But look at what he's doing besides the inappropriate stuff for the Packers. Like he's balling. You know what I mean? That's the, yeah, and that's the other thing. You can you can talk all day pro uh, about all the college things and and about who who really should be getting their shine and the respect going into the draft process. But that still doesn't like that's it's it's the difference between high school and college. It's the it's honestly the same. I don't know if it's it would be interesting to see if it's the same jump. But I mean, you just it doesn't translate always. Like there's just some guys historically we know that were great college players that some Heisman winners even for sure. It just didn't pan out. And like yeah. with that in mind, dude, someone like Darnell Washington is like the perfect like dude for something like that. Yeah, he had a pretty dang good college career. We all really liked him. 
but I don't, I never thought he was even close to his ceiling. Not even close. No, no way. No way. Hell no. no way. And like having a, a dude that really could be another like offensive tackle on your, in an NFL offense who can do all the other things, red zone if, threat. I, Good luck, dude. If Good he, luck. Like, that, yeah. So, like, I, I just think that, and, and even, uh, like you know, James Cook has done really well in the NFL, and like mm-hmm. he had a pretty good college career. But I think he's really probably going to have a better NFL career. Yeah, because in the NFL, yeah. a receiving running back is su- is such a high value thing for those of you who play fantasy. Standards one thing, but PPR is a huge thing as well, and your value just skyrockets when you can catch the ball out of the backfield. Plus, you're fast and all the other things which he already had, but didn't get to showcase always in college. So, so I think, I think year to year, there's a a number of guys that had great college careers at Georgia. I wish them all the best. I'm, I'm, I would draft them or whatever. I hope they get drafted. And I'm, like I said, I think you should be bullish on anyone from UGA, but even that said, I mean, if you really look at it, how it usually plays out. Yeah. It's it, there's a handful of the guys that are going to go in the mid tier round rounds that are going to have way better NFL careers for whatever reason. And a lot of time it's either luck of who you get drafted by, or just, you know, overall, uh, just how you end up evolving it when the game gets faster and other, you know, all these other things matter. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting to check out, but I guess, you know, speaking of Jalen Carter, that was kind of the big news this, this past week, uh, charges were brought upon Jalen with kind of his involvement in the, the, the Chandler and Devin crash mm-hmm. that happened, mm-hmm. uh, so it's I don't think he's implicated for causing the wreck. It's not a it's not a felony or anything. It's not it's not like he ran him off the road or nothing. I don't, you know, nothing, nothing like malicious, but he was involved. And it looks like the situation is, is that alcohol was involved. Uh, Chandler, you know, it comes out. There's toxicology. Fortunately, they had been drinking and, you know, uh, driving at really high rates of speed. They ended up ultimately leading to the crash. Probably just, you know, goofing off, getting carried away. Yeah, and, you know, like, let's bring it, like, down to, like, layman's term. Because if you're familiar with Athens, anybody who went, graduated, partake, all this stuff, going to Toppers, this is after a national, and I'm not condoning any of this, okay? But, like, going to Toppers, going downtown, after a national championship parade, I already had a gut feeling. Because for, for UGA, it's not that we haven't had success, but success like this, most teams have never even seen it. So like it, it was a huge thing and not to like, you know, be super cliche, but it really, it really had this kind of like, remember the Titans type of vibe. You know what I mean? Just everyone kind of getting carried away in the moment and, you know, something was bound to happen. And it just to happen like this, when you're young, like when you're old, we all have done stupid stuff. When you get to a certain age and you look back, it's like, you know, I've, I've been in similar situations. I could have got popped. I could have been killed. I could have all this. So like, there is some sympathy there. There are people who are taking shots. I feel like Mark Weiser and I think he's AGC, like AJC. Some of these, some of these um, columnists and writers, they're really like taking their shots and they're posing questions. And I think it, I think it's a fair question, but they're, they're really just eating this up as far as like, does UGA have um, a culture issue at UGA? Like, are there, does Jalen Carter have character concerns? And there was already not Mel Kuyper, but um, what's the other analyst name who already came out and made all these accusations about Jalen Carter's character. And now this doesn't help. I don't think that this incident means he has bad character. Was he irresponsible? Were they in the moment doing too much? Yeah, but we've all been there. So we'll see how it affects this draft. But I wanted to pose the question to you. I don't think we have a culture issue at UGA. 
but there does seem to be a little bit of difference between Kirby and Martrick as far as Kirby is more of like the, the player's coach who did play. You know, he's about winning. He's about the grind. He's about hard work. He It's almost business like, like Saban, right? Whereas Mark Rick was not more, but his vocally, it was more about, you know, his faith and his relationship with grooming young men to be good men. And hey, if you're good at football, we're going to be good at football team too. So what what do you feel like the difference is there? Is there a difference there? Or like, what are we seeing? What, what would you attribute some of this to? Well, I think it's a, an incident that's not necessarily isolated, but I would relate it overall more to just like, not necessarily just Georgia's culture, but, you know, first start with the culture of Athens. It's a drinking college town. For it sure. always has been. It will continue to be so. It's just how it is. And it's not just Athens. It's a lot of college towns. So you can you can really speak to just drinking culture in general in college, like not just drinking, binge drinking, doing drugs, just taking risks that really don't warrant any kind of reaction to what may happen mm. after the fact. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of like embedded in the youth. And then you mix on the top of on top of that, you know, that, that just kind of speaks to the culture that's at large, you know, at large in this country, the things that we just kind of accept as normal, the kind of things that we accept in songs that we listen to, the kind of just ideas that uh, we just normalize, unfortunately. Yeah. And and then you relate it back to the fact that, you know, uh, a young man, a young a young driver uh, in general, speaking of Jalen, but just a lot of these football players in general, I mean, they'll have 500, 800 horsepower. And throw in that NIL money too, you know, and, and they, they have they access to, money, yes, these toys. NIL now. money to boot, you know, putting putting gas on the flames for the inclination to be flashy and to, uh, you know, have vanity going. So I, I think at large, you know, Kirby just needs to, you know, I wouldn't say it's a failing of him. And I don't no. necessarily think that, it's anything too big a difference that from what he's doing to what Mark Rick's doing, because overall, you know, if you're, if you're looking for high character guys from the get, that's, that shows that you have, you know, commitment to character. And, you know, I think Kirby goes for pretty like high character. Very vocal about that for sure. Yeah, He's not just trying to get the most talented player. He wants people that fit the Georgia culture and, you know, individuals make decisions, but you know, there's no reason that, a staffer should be doing drinking and driving in a in a staff vehicle that's unacceptable it's it's terrible and unfortunate what happened but you you just can't have that so i don't know if that uh, how how bad protocol is already broken if there's things that we can put into place as far as systems so this doesn't happen in the future but they're going to need to take an internal look and i hope that they're already doing that just to just to you know cover their ass because you can't have you can't have it happen twice. You know what I mean? Facts. It, it Facts. can't happen twice. So it happened. You didn't maybe expect it. Whatever needs to happen implementation wise, it's got to happen. So I just think it's it's a full circle approach. But yeah, Kirby needs to be talking to these guys. Hey, look, you're getting these fast vehicles, uh, you know, pop uh, Dumas Johnson, you know, uh, looking like dumbass. Just, just got one. Yeah, right. Facts. Racing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's a thing like these guys and it's not just. Uh, you know, it's just muscle car owners, guys that own fast cars. It's dangerous. You know what I mean? And if you live long enough, you see enough accidents, you lose enough people. You know, I heard a friend understand it. Yeah. I heard a friend say recently, your brain's just not developed, son, if you get to about 30, 40 
and you don't start slowing down with your driving. Seriously, by- how how much do you have to see at this point? Honestly, like people be flying by me all the time. And I remember when I used to be that guy, like I just don't care no more to really be doing all that. Like I, I truly don't. And so, I never thought I was going to be one of those guys, but here I, here I am. You know what I mean? Hey, I've, hey, we all, we've all put a little lead in the foot. So I just think, you know, you got to address all of that. And then, Hey, you can't have a celebration and get out of hand and get to this point because it doesn't matter how high the high is when you lose lives. It, yeah. it really, it's really not even worth it. No. So now, so now, and it changes the focus and it's, it's a, it's tragic. It's not even about, Oh, I wish we could just talk football. It's, it's like, we need to give this, it's space and anybody anybody in the Georgia media doesn't need to shy away from this because it's not necessarily about putting an indictment on Kirby. It's not at all. Uh yeah, I expect him to do this to step up and because he's the play. leader and that's his role. Um, it, that's what he ought to do. But I don't think it was necessarily Kirby's fault, but they have to make impl- implementations. And the one thing Kirby could can do is just, hey, any new freshman, any transfers, anybody like in eighth grade, I had this teacher. Miss Youth, uh, she, you know, she had faced some trauma in her life. She had lost uh, young ones, some students, and and she had had enough. And every eighth grade class got her sex, love, and rock and roll speech, like towards the end before they went to high school. And it was just her telling you, "Hey, like you're gonna you're gonna make some decisions now, and like this is gonna affect everything." And here's some people that I love that I taught, you know, that died in crashes or made some mistakes or got arrested. And you know, every year she would give that speech, and I'm sure the coaches talk about, you know, talk to their players, but they just need to really get it in the heads of these young men that, you know, there are certain things that you're going to be tempted to do. You're going to be tempted to drive fast when you got a nice ass 800 uh, like horsepower car. Who would not? So maybe, (laughs) so maybe you need to prioritize. think about your priorities. Like, why are you here? What do you want from this? Hmm. Because they can all get taken in an instant, in a night, you know, you get carried away. It's, it's real easy. So I, I think that, uh, I, I just think it's a it's a comprehensive thing, and I don't I don't like I said think it necessarily boils down to a major difference in leadership. I don't I don't indict Kirby for his leadership, but hey, he's he's the man at the buck stops with Kirby, so he you know he better you know do something because it can't happen twice. And and overall, uh, you know it's it's a problem. You're giving young men way too much money, way too quick. We see it happen in the NFL all the time, and and guess what? The NFL got a reputation players going bankrupt you know not making any money having to you know throwing it all away after they make millions and you know what the nfl does now they educate the players they have systems in place they don't want to be the laughing stock of professional sports when it comes to their broke-ass players you know this is not what they want so now they're really trying to help players and georgia's got to do something of the same just making sure that these players are equipped to deal with what they deal with in the modern landscape because it's a lot mentally and, you know, it's, spiritually, it's a warfare. Like, believe what you want to believe. There's evil in this world. And it, it'll, it'll take some of the best of us. So we got to make wise decisions and just try to do the right thing as a whole, myself included. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And for, and for young men and for young men who think they're invincible at the time, it, it's hard to get that through. But I think it's worth trying because losing a life, it, it's just not. This is football. We love it. It's a, but it's a game and you, you hate to have to lose people to, to just decisions that can change your whole life forever. But um, yeah, I won't put that on Kirby. Um, but I think he knows that he's got to do better and do right by these kids by helping them 
kind of navigate this new era of football and society as a whole, especially with this generation, it's, it's just different. You can feel it. But um, before we wrap up, I definitely want to just talk a little bit about spring practice because that starts next Tuesday. UJ will have its customary, I believe 15 practices before G day. I'm not sure of the date, but well, we'll talk about that next uh April 15th. April 15th. I knew I could count on you. So, yeah, speaking of development, this is where it starts at UGA. And, uh, Keegan, I don't know what you're looking forward to the most, but for me, what's going to be talked about the most is the quarterback battle. Does the addition of Mike Bobo help Carson Beck retain his position in the pecking order, or does that allow somebody um, like Vandergriff or – Gunnar Stockton. Who's number three? Who's Who's our other one? Gunnar Stockton. Help me out here. Help me out here. Help me out here. Gunner Stockton. I'll, I'll edit it. Or the third string quarterback whose name is escaping me right now Gunner to make Stockton. a push under Mike Bobo. Um, but other than that, for me, I'm actually really excited to see this offensive line. While we are losing talent, we are bringing back some beast. Look out for Marius Mims and Ernest Green the third to really bolster this line at the tackle positions and to really help this offensive line uh, stand out and maybe win that Joe Moore award this year. But Keegan, what are you first, what are you most looking forward to as we get ready to wrap up? I'm I'm most excited about the QB battle, obviously. For you know, we got a lot of talented guys in that room. I'm looking to see, you know, where the defense goes on the outside, you know, especially like in the safety position and kind of who fills in the star. And I'm also really looking at the offensive line just to see if anybody gets, you know, slid around a little bit positionally or, you know, how they mailed in general. So that's kind of what I'm looking for in the spring game. But, hey, man, it's going to be a good one. Dog Nation, it's great to be back with you guys. We've had a long time off. We're going to get back to a rhythm, and you guys stay tuned because there's more Georgia news coming, and spring football is near. As As always, guys, you know what it is. Off the leash. Off the leash. I do it for the dogs.